The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. to the 94th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz. I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is Floyd Johnson Jr. Floyd, the motherfucking door is open. How you doing, my man? Dude, I heard the creak and then it got kicked open and I was like... This is the best day ever. I've been talking about it forever. I've had uh, people on. I'm going to try to have someone from uh, Keeping It Strong Style on next week with us. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, it's an amazing, amazing thing. Uh, I, it's what wrestling needs. It, it can, because the reason I say it's what wrestling needs is it can take a very mediocre show and make it amazing. I was, you know what? I had that in my mind as you were about to say that because I think that's literally exactly what happened. I mean, it's it was uh, it was a a lot of people would consider probably a one minute moment show, but my god, that moment! Yeah, that moment changed the whole view of the show because you you don't know what can happen now. It's like. It's like, okay, the Tama Tonga and Nick Jackson and Matt Jackson going back to each other. I'm now excited about Revolution. Does, does, uh, do they show up at Revolution? Yeah, do we see the firing squad make a return? Yeah, yeah, do we see the firing squad make a return? Jay White, you know, New Japan, you know, uh, might be shutting down again. You know what I mean? And I know the people over in Japan might not be able to get home or whatever. But even when the world opens up, let's just say the world opens up again a year from now. Dude, the relationship is there. It wasn't who showed up in the ring. It's what it meant. That meant oh, yeah. they have a working relationship. And it was crazy because Mox shows up on New Japan Strong and it didn't have this much fanfare because Mox has been on New Japan before. 
But, it's, oh. it's, what, it's what we've been consistently saying. It's been a one-way street with this, with this, like, yeah. with this interaction between the two companies. AEW sending people to New Japan. New Japan not necessarily doing that. We talked about this on the show multiple weeks ago. About I was like, when do you think, if ever, New Japan was going to start sending some of their guys or girls over? And boom, like on fucking beach break, they send one of their guys over. Crazy, uh, yeah. I'm like my my jaw is dropped. I am shocked. There's a whole bunch of things I could say because it's just this thing that just made so much sense. The door being open makes sense for everybody. New Japan people, you know, they want a ground in America. The New Japan has been trying to have a ground in America and a base. Shit. Being on AEW, you're on national TV every Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, AEW wants the wrestlers to be able to work more, right? Darby Allen's in the like, let's say Darby Allen's in Cody's area right now, where he's kind of in the middle of storylines. He's got the Shaq thing going on, but he's not doing a lot, dude. Hey, best of the Super Juniors is. Next week, oh you want to be, you want to be God. in it, you want to be in it. Oh, Darby Allen and Best of the Super Juniors, dude. Fuck yeah! Like, why would you even say that? Now, if it doesn't happen, I'm gonna be sad. Like, yeah. if that fucking happened, my guy, oh my lord, Sammy G. Like the list ah. goes on, the list goes on and on. You want to come wrestle? Hey, Cody, I've heard you always wanted to do the G1. Fuck Cody in the G one for a little while, and then you can focus on other people when you're here. Like I said, it opens up so many doors, and that's what I'm like. I'm not like I'm not like I can I can say I have a few dream matches. I do. I want to see the Ace versus the Ace Cody versus Tanahashi. I want to see that match. That's one for me. I know not everybody might not want to see that. But somebody brought up one that I didn't know I wanted until I saw it. So I said I was going to say it on the show. Shingo versus Hangman. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's fucking go. I saw that one and I was like, I didn't even, I didn't even know I wanted it. But now that's all I want. <laughs> it happened, my guy. <laughs> yes. The clothesline of the pumping bomber against, you know. Uh, what's Buckshot Larry? Buckshot Larry, you know, it's like, dude, they can put on great matches, and you know, it's gonna be fun. I I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't know what they're gonna do. I have no clue, and that's the greatest place to be as a wrestling fan. Is that in that area? I I know everybody wants to be the smart and wants to be able to see everything coming, but good lord, I want to take you back. I wish I could take you all back to that 1995 to about 2000 area where I was not smart at all. I didn't know who Dave Meltzer was. I didn't get the newsletter. I'll never be one of those people that claimed I did because I did not join the newsletter until 2019. So I didn't know who Dave Meltzer was at that time. So I didn't know where to go look for scoops or anything like that. Every Monday Stuff just happened. And it was the oh, yeah. greatest thing ever. And I was like, I always said, I wish I could put myself back in 
you know, take take the knowledge I have away because I enjoyed wrestling a lot more. But I realized I just enjoyed differently. But man, if we can get back to that, you know, to a little bit, just a little bit, because the fact is, John Moxley was on New Japan Strong. Those guys shot that in early January and then went to Japan, right? Mm-hmm. They shot that in early and then went to Japan. That that's been taped for over a month now, and they kept it quiet. Where the fuck does that happen? I mean, dude, it's it's <laughs> not, like I said. What you're saying right there is like. Back in like 2011, like I I knew wrestling wasn't real, obviously at this point, but I I wasn't like on YouTube or whatever looking up like like rumor reports or anything or like looking at Dave Meltzer. But in in February of 2011, when The Rock came back, I shit my pants with excitement because I had no idea. So like like I said, I totally what you mean get what you mean when you're saying like get back to that mindset of like throwing the insider knowledge and the ba- like. Inside insider baseball talk out of it, and then just watching the show as a fan, I totally get that mindset. And like, I had no idea Kenta was gonna fucking show up. I had no idea. I I, I screamed like a fucking kid when yeah. I saw that. And then like, as he showed up, the implications ran in my mind, and I was going even more nuts. So I mean, like, it's absolutely crazy. And of course, we still got. AEW beach break to talk about there's a a good amount of stuff that happened on the show outside of that one like absolutely bone crushing announcement of just the seeing of kenta showing up but before we get into the episode itself real quick want to make sure you're downloading this fine show on google or apple Podcasts. if you listen to us on spotify you can also share us around with your friends Leave a rating and a review on the show. Let us know what we can do better. If you're so inclined, you can also leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. We'd be mega appreciative on that. If you don't want to do that, though, you can easily support us by following us on social media. We are at Pod on Twitter. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show all possible. I am at SZoomer4. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. All on Twitter and we already been talking about the big news of the week, of course, that door being kicked open. And honestly, like, again, this can only do good things for both companies. And the fact that New Japan has finally made the conscious decision that, okay, we're going to work with these guys and we're going to actually send some of our guys over as opposed to, like, receiving their guys and allowing them to be on our shows. Now we're going to let our guys be on their shows. And with them also recently announcing of their deal that they're doing with Roku TV and eventually Pluto TV finally getting some more US TV stuff going on in the in in the states and whatnot like again this can only do good things for New Japan's constant quest to push their brand into the states and so that way like people can really get into New Japan who aren't in the country of Japan like the fan base of New Japan has always been around in the states but it's still not as big as New Japan wants it to be. And I think just doing stuff with AEW, what they announced with Roku Roku and uh, Pluto TV, that's a big start. So I think keep it up, honestly. I want to see New Japan continue to succeed in the States because like, they have so many fucking unbelievably talented guys and girls on the roster. Like Just like continuously, I love watching uh, New Japan stuff. So I, I like... It, I was I was a like fucking giddy over seeing this take place on Dynamite. I know that I know this is not the smart thing for to say. But if it wasn't new for Japan, I wouldn't even know who Kenny Omega was. I mean, that's I mean, like I said, people like 
I mean, that's where people. That's every. Even if you didn't know who Kenny Omega was, like before New Japan, I like. I think everyone can agree people's favorite version of Kenny Omega was in New Japan. Even if like getting out the if you didn't know him or whatever, every like most everyone's favorite version of Kenny Omega was his time in New Japan. Absolutely. I mean that. I mean it almost goes without saying. It's just. That was the time he was on top. I mean, the reason AEW was able to make money and sell things and do what they're doing is because of Kenny Omega's run on top, <laughs> run on top at uh, in New Japan. So I don't see anybody see anyone actually disagreeing. And if they do, I'm like, I don't really understand. Uh, yeah. So of course, when I bought my ticket. To when when they left, I was like, man, AEW is just going to be New Japan West. You know what I mean? And it was just like that's how I thought about it. I just was like, and I was excited for that. And then it has become what it is, and I do still love it. I'm not, and it's not anything less than what I thought it was going to be. But now you get the things, and I'm like, Okada has you know friends with the Bucks. Maybe Okada, maybe Okada is the next AEW champion. <sighs> Just think about uh, it. We're talking about all this stuff. We're talking about all this. That's a possibility now. As opposed to a couple weeks ago where this was like, nah, no, no, no. Moxie will no. show up to defend his U.S. title and like that. That's all you got. Who's gonna that be? Might- who's gonna beat Kenny Omega? For the AEW championship, Dude, you can fucking- now put Okada in the list. Of people, if fucking Kota Ibushi shows up on Dynamite and reunites with his golden lover, I'm gonna cry. Yeah, I'm gonna fucking cry. There's so many things that can happen, so many possibilities. There, I imagine there's some wrestlers that don't work and want to work in New Japan. There's some wrestlers that don't want to work in AEW. I think they are very much the minority, (laughs) but I just like this is this is fun. I, I I know people don't. People that listen to this podcast or whatever, you people might have forgot because of the internet discourse and Twitter and Reddit and all those places. But wrestling is supposed to be fun. Wrestling went to a AEW brought to me brought fun back to wrestling, and then now they have taken it to a new level of. Now you bring fun, and I don't know what's happening next back to wrestling. Make I mean, again, like I, I don't want to, I don't want to make it into a whole like comparison thing, but I get it's like people always like talk about it, like, and I, I agree with them. NXT is amazingly good. I love NXT, but people always bring up like how NXT has better wrestling, but AEW consistently does better numbers. And I'll say it's simply, it's I think it's because AEW is more fun. Yeah, I think it's just like a lot more passion behind like fans supporting it and a lot more passion in terms of like the people that are just going out there and doing shit and like seeing if it sticks sometimes it doesn't sometimes it does but like there's so much more like care into the ideas and people just like really like these guys and girls like oh even the even the people that don't get a ton of tv time there's a gonna and like if, even if they just appear on dark like there are fans that are like no that guy right there like he's one of my favorites and like when it comes to NXT, like you might not get that. So, absolutely, and it's just like I like I was probably say NXT pre being on TV 
was probably my favorite wrestling. Yeah. Just because it was each each episode was in these digestible things and they built they are building to um they they were building to these big matches that take over and they always delivered. And it's just like and of course they've lost that a little bit when they got on TV. But I still watch NXT every week. I I still watch NXT every week. I still love the program, still love the matches, but I don't love it as much as I used to. And it's like and it's not because it's competing with AEW. I will tell anyone that right now. Um it's not because they're competing with AEW. It's because it's not the same as it was. And it's yeah, like, and the guys they're kind of pushing aren't people that I really like. Like Finn Balor. Love the demon. Could take or leave Finn Balor. Just, I mean, and it's not the insult. I'll disagree with that. Huh? I'll disagree with that. I mean, and then that's, and I, I, I understand how beloved Finn Balor is, right? Does nothing for me. I, okay. I, you know who else I feel that way about? Go ahead. Darby Allen. Uh, man, why you got to take two of my favorites and then you're like, I No, it. let me just say this. Darby Allen is a star. If you gave me the book for AEW, I wouldn't do anything different than they do. And I would push the hell out of them. As a fan, blah. <laughs> And I can't change that. This is me being honest. I can't change. He does nothing for me. <laughs> like I, I, again, like I think, it's just, I think that just comes down to personal. Uh, I honestly believe it. That's what I'm saying. Like I love Cody like an exorbitant amount. Only only matched and doubled by Tiffany. And I love Cody. Right. Some people <laughs> can't stand Cody. Like my friend Sean. Hates when Cody is on the screen. <laughs> hates it. Hates it. Like, just thinks the worst things about Cody. I am not that a level with Darby Allen, but it's like if my wife was coming to talk to me at any point during the show, yeah, I just come when Darby's on screen. Oh man, that hurts me. Yeah, I, I know, and I know, right? But I, I'm just saying, I, I don't just feel this way about this person. I feel this way about certain people. And it's just like, so when I look at it and I just like look at this thing and it's just like, if AEW's feeling stale, they can say, hey, New Japan, what's going on? And now you look at AEW and you look at the mastermind that is Tony, Tony Khan, right? So mm-hmm. uh, AEW contracted wrestler Serena Deeb is the NWA champion. Yes. The number one contenders in Impact. Our AEW uh, for the tag titles are AEW contracted wrestlers, private party, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like Britt Baker's in a rivalry with Thunder Rosa, and last but not least, John Moxley is the United States champion in New Japan, and they actually bring it up on the show now. Yeah, this is like this is the world that we all wanted when it comes to wrestling. Absolutely. Dude, yeah. So it's like, just enjoy it. I, I like just enjoy it. I know there's some. I actually have heard of some people that don't like that this is happening. You know, they. But it's just like, then they were like, I watch AEW to see AEW people, and I was like, 
But let me ask you. When they're on AEW TV and they're wrestling in an AEW ring, who do they work for? There you go. They are I mean, they're in the, they're an AEW wrestler, at least for that what, match. That point, yeah. At least for that match. When the ratings come in and they spike, does the credit go to the other company? Or does it go to AEW? It, it goes to AEW, you know? Like I'm saying, it's just like, I don't know. I, I just, like I said, I've always been, before AEW, before WWE, before any other company or organization that somebody might be a fan or a stand of, it's wrestling first. I want to see good wrestling. I want to see a good wrestling show. I want to be in, entertained. Now, does that mean five-star matches? Does that mean wedding skits? Does that mean whatever? I think that's all just wrestling. I think mm-hmm. it's all wrestling. And I enjoy most of it. I've yeah. seen I've seen stuff I don't enjoy, and that's what I'm like. I just root for good wrestling. Dude, like, who do you want to win the war? I don't want anyone to win the war. I want I want to win. The, I want to hope this war to go on until I die. Because that means they will. Because then you keep getting good wrestling. You keep getting good wrestling until I die. I already saw a war end, and what did it give us? A dead company, uh, and a company uh, that's complacent. Yeah, exactly. I don't want the war to end ever. <laughs> I used to. I had one. I had one show I would watch on Wednesday. Sometimes one one hour wrestling show I would watch on Wednesday. Sometimes because it was on the network the next day. Whatever, as long as I watched it before the next Wednesday. Right now, I have two wrestling shows that are two hours. On Wednesday. So I went from having one hour of wrestling on a Wednesday to four hours of wrestling on Wednesday. How is that a bad thing for me as it's a consumer? Not. <laughs> it's just not. It's just not. It's, it's just not bad. So now I, I, I love this. I love New Japan. I'm, I, I, I'm going to watch Strong every week now. Uh, I'm, I'm like, they got me watching Impact. These are shows I didn't watch before. It's already working. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> people, fucking, people saw the numbers on Impact when fucking Kenny Omega and Don Callis ran with the title. Yeah, people saw the numbers. It's working. Yeah, it's it's like it's this is not a oh yeah you boost them for a week. These are now shows I watch. <laughs> That's not going to change. That's one voice change right there. Yeah, it's but, like yeah, yeah. But anyways, uh, we need to get into our. Recap uh, requested by y'all uh, of not only Impact Wrestling for any AEW-worthy uh, news, but also being the elite, making sure we cover all things elite on this podcast. Uh, first off, um, there's there's a few moments on being the elite that we're definitely going to talk about. But first of all, I need to make sure everyone realizes that uh, the once thought never to be usurped champion of being the elite the greatest championship in the history of pro wrestling the being the elite title formerly thought to never be usurped for that title john silver of the dark order defeated in a competition of kicking pigskins and through the uprights by the one and only sammy Guevara. fucking new being the elite champion sammy Guevara. My guy, and he's already like, I'm a saw it in half. Like, going back to when they had that rib on the Bucks, it's 
I'm so happy because, like I said last week, if there was anybody that I could possibly see beating John Silver's for the title, it would be fucking Sammy Guevara. And it was a close battle. Sammy even said he had a he had an issue with his ankle while doing it, and he needed uh, Fuego's help to help him even learn how to kick the ball right. But he did it, and he's the new champion. It's amazing. He put his own vlog stickers on the title because he's he's like, come to my show to defend to to face me for it now. It's awesome. I, I, that was my favorite thing. One of my favorite things. It was literally my favorite thing in in all elite wrestling up until Kenta fucking showed up. Well, uh, as John Silver is my guy, uh, I was I was his first cameo. If anybody ever wants to have that trivia question, for I didn't it. actually know that. I was his first cameo. First. Uh, if you go on the cameo site and go to John Silver, the video he made for me is on that site sick so that being said as a big john silver fan uh his run was memorable he's the greatest bte champion of all time and his streak will never be matched i i I know that he's good at a multitude of useless things and that's great and then they got to the first thing that I can honestly say is a useful skill that they've ever done on this show, which is <laughs> kicking field goals. Because, you know, make it. Just kick it. And Pat McAfee it will be happy to know that it looked very, very difficult. <laughs> they did. So I was like, like, Sammy Rivera, I was like, clearly is an amazing athlete. But he looked like, <laughs> he looked like just about... A regular person trying to kick a football. <laughs> dude, literally held, dude literally held himself uh, on a fucking pull-up bar for over two minutes and just yeah. hung there yeah. showing how strong he is. And, and then, then he kick a ball. No, and, and that was the whole thing. And remember, if you remember from him hanging, he just said, that's enough. He didn't stop because he was tired. No, 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 no. He, he no, thought no. that was enough to win. He just like, oh, that's enough. <laughs> so... Think about this extreme mega athlete that does things in the ring that, you know, no one else can. Put a ball in front of him, tell him to kick it really hard. <laughs> it's really, really hard. I love it. Like maybe 20 feet away. <laughs> yes, they weren't. They, they were extra points. That's the, yeah. yeah it, they were not long field goals. They were extra points. It's something that uh, kickers make look very easily, look very difficult. I, I do congrats to Sammy G on winning because uh, he, he obviously, let me just say this. He, I didn't know the part about El Fuego, but he obviously looks like a person that doesn't know a lot about like football. You know what I mean? He seems to have other things that he's concerned about. And yeah, that was really cool. I am yeah, so happy. For, I'm so happy that the legacy goes on. But John Silver... Mark my worlds will be the first ever two time. There you go. Two time VT champion. It's the best title in professional wrestling, bar none. Now going into the rest of being the elite and also Impact Wrestling, Floyd, can you tell us okay. what exactly happened? So Impact, I'm gonna go through first. It's very simple. They had private party, they kinda talked. The match is November uh at no surrender. Next uh, Saturday, 
February 13th, 7 o'clock on Impact Plus. So that's that's that really is what happened. <laughs> there was no Kenny Omega. It was just about private party. Um, that I remember. I mean, I watched it. I like. I don't remember Kenny really being mentioned. If I was wrong, someone please tweet the show so I can correct myself next week. But I didn't see it. And all I saw was that they announced the match is going to be at No Surrender next Saturday, February 13th at 7 o'clock. As far as the show, BTE, take notes. Uh, really? Uh, apparently so. Gallows and Anderson's front of the green screen. They're talking about the Young Bucks. And they talk about how their match, the Young Bucks and uh, Young Bucks and Gallows and Anderson, or the Good Brothers, versus Dark Order was probably the most edited wrestling match in AEW history because uh, Gallows did a weed smoking like he was smoking a joint and then he passed that to uh, he passed it to Anderson and then they put it out on the people that they were about to powerbomb and then he did a whole bunch of uh, uh, he did a whole bunch of uh, acts to simulate a man finishing sex so there you go he did that so they had to edit it out because apparently that's not allowed on TNT. Which that, uh, then Nick says, which of course this is very hilarious tonight. He says, "Hey, this is not a gimmick. We're not working with those guys." Talking about New Japan, liar! You absolute liar, bitch! Nick is such a worker. I love it. He's and he says it like the two days before they announced that they're working together. So it's like. Oh, man, I should have saw it, but I didn't see it. Uh, then they made fun of uh, the new Bullet Club by doing the upside down, too sweet, saying the betrayal is real. That's the new catchphrase that they scream out. Mm-hmm. Um, we get clips from that Gallows and Anderson match. That goes on for like three minutes. I always wonder why they do that on the show. I know they're behind the scenes clips. But it's just a match. And pretty much, if you're watching BT, I'm pretty sure you watched the match. But whatever. Anna, uh, Anna and Stu are walking down a walk, uh, walkway, uh, coming towards each other. Anna is with Ty. And Stu's like, hi, Anna. And then she just pushes them over the walkway onto the ground. And Ty's like, what the hell? And she's like, it's okay. And she's like, she looks at her and says, do you like him? And... That's where I thought this was going for months. Because mm-hmm. the whole thing is the Dark Order is a club. And they're like a schoolyard club, right? That's kind of how it gets pushed, right? They're not a cult. They're kind of like a club. Well, if they're a schoolyard club and you have a girl that's picking on dudes, always knew when they grew up, my mom always said, if a girl's picking on you, that means she likes you. So mm-hmm. I think that's where they're going. I like it. It's cute because uh, uh, T- Stu is hilarious. He has amazing comedic timing, and it's very yeah. and it's very subtle. It's very subtle. Uh, then we get Cut- Cutler and Luchasaurus have a truth. He apologizes for saying the f word, which is fossil. Uh, Cutler goes through dino-, dino sensitivity training. I can honestly say. I didn't pay attention to it Monday much, and I fast-forwarded it before the show. It just, I don't know. I don't know if there was a joke to this. It was, yeah, it was terrible. Uh, Stu worked, found out Stu worked 10 years of construction, and that 10 years paid off because he created the fort for the Dark Slumber Party. Uh, 
Oh, yes. And, of course, Five gets kicked out because they said no girls allowed. So they said Five go away and come on Anna. To the point that John Silver doesn't even consider Anna a girl. That was hilarious. Uh, They were telling ghost stories. And then they were trying to get Anna to tell one. And then John Silver did to Anna. Anna! Anna! And Anna broke. Which is hilarious. It's like, so it, funny. Every time he does it, it's hysterical. Yeah, she broke. And then uh, she's like, I'm leaving. Outside was Hangman just hanging around drinking. Anna tells him, she tells her, you played around with these guys' hearts. You led them on. You need to stay away so they can move on. And she kicks them out. Who was looking was Creepy Five, who's on top of the fort, so he could feel a part of the group. And he's like, she was like, you know, uh, what just happened? And she's like, nothing. Don't tell anyone. And it's funny because the fort's like three feet away and it's sheets. So yeah. they would have heard everything. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no real hiding. I mean, and I, and I imagine they watched the show. Just throwing that out there. Uh, that's what Jericho always brings up. We watched the show. We know what you did. Private party. <laughs> Private party rings a bell and turns Luke Gallows into Festus with a PH in case WWE still owns, in case Vince still owns the gimmick. And uh, they basically go on how much the character sucks. And that was Private Party with Matt Hardy's help getting into the Good Brothers' head. Uh, then there's some weird thing with Nyla having too much money. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say the whole like I, I I Nyla's great, Vicky's great, like all their stuff on being the elite has done nothing but confuse me. Yes, exactly. Then we just get a random clip of Griff Garrison dancing. I'll take it. I, I mean, I he's pretty I good. Turn down dancing, Griff Garrison. Yeah, I mean, he's a really good dancer, but I just didn't understand it, which is great. And then Silva loses his belt to Sammy G. We already went over that, and that's this week in BTE. I will also add the New Japan Strong report. Basically, John Moxley cut a, a promo saying Kenta's one of the all-time greats. He doesn't want this Bullet Club crap Kenta. He wants the real Kenta, the guy that everybody stole all their moves from Kenta. Ooh, so I love I love he, that line still. I still he, love that line. Yeah, so uh, he's like, basically, you're going to have a long night at the office, so you better bring it. So that's going to happen at the New Japan show in America. I believe it's at the end of February. I it's it is taped. I should throw that out there, but that won't stop me from <laughs> that won't stop me from watching it. I hope it doesn't stop any of you from watching it. But uh, I don't have the date on here, but it's at the end of February. I know that. It's in, yeah. So there's that at least. So. Yeah, I will have the date before the show comes, so everyone can watch it. But I'm yeah. very, I'm very excited for Kenta versus John Moxley, and we'll get a little preview this week. But we're not there yet. Let's start the review, sir. Damn straight. Yeah. Let's get into the review of AEW Dynamite Beach Break, which kicked off with the tag team battle royal, which includes. Teams such as Private Party, The Acclaim, Top Flight, Jurassic Express, Dark Order, Stu Grayson and Evil Uno, Inner Circle, Santana and Ortiz, Dark Orders, John Silver and Alex Reynolds, uh, Sammy Hagar, and the Demo God, Chris Jericho and MJF, and of course, the AW Tag Team Champions themselves, the Young Bucks, which if they won this battle royal, they would get to handpick their opponents for Revolution. 
And obviously, with it being a battle royal, tons of spots all over this match just because of just the nature of a battle royal. Um, as somebody who really enjoyed the Royal Rumble, I was glad to see another battle royal because I never get tired of them, genuinely. Um, I loved, loved the uh, the finish where it led to uh, Sammy Guevara getting eliminated by his former uh, Lay Sex God partner, Chris Jericho, and he's just crushed. Because he's just seeing what's happening to the inner circle, and he's like, I don't even know anymore. And I, he would later go on Twitter and tweet out the picture of them at the, uh, at uh, the, uh, oh god, I'm forgetting the the the, uh, the the football arena match. What the hell? Uh, the stadium stampede. Stadium so. stampede match. My god, I can't believe I blanked on that. But he just tweets an old black and white picture of all five of them at in on uh, on the field in Duval, and just. You can tell, like, when he was walking back there, MJF's just fucking soaking it up with his tag team partner. Um, I thought this was, again, I mean, like, it was a really hot start to Dynamite just because they kicked it off with a Battle Royal. I think it was the right decision to kick this off because there was huge importance to it, and Battle Royals are normally really good to start off with, um, which was one of the main, like, I will say, like... uh, getting a little bit into Royal Rumble territory. I was surprised they didn't kick it off with the Women's Battle Royal, because normally they kick it off with at least one of the Royal Rumble matches, but they chose to do it with Drew and uh, Goldberg, which makes sense. It lasted literally two minutes. But uh, I was really happy with um, what went down. I think leading to what's happening with the Inner Circle and how interesting it is and pushing towards Sammy Guevara being the one babyface to really come out of that group uh, MJF and Jericho going over is the right decision. I think they're gonna like it's it's gonna be a great match for Revolution for, for them and the Young Bucks. Um, and yeah, I just I don't really have much to complain about. There's so much in this match though, like just in general. That uh, if Floyd, you got any big spots you wanted to talk about, uh, I'd I, love to hear what you want to say. I would like to talk about this whole battle royal being invalid. Okay. Oh, I know why. Because the best tag team in AEW, uh, FTR, wasn't in it over some BS reason of being too mean to Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Being too mean to their favorites. So the Young Bucks, the Young Bucks, the Young Bucks, the Young Bucks know if FTR and Tully, Tully is at the ringside with FTR, there is no way the Young Bucks can beat FTR. So to go out on a limb, they had them removed from the match under Tony's judgment, quote unquote. <laughs> so the EVPs, the guy that runs the tag team division, we know who run the tag team division, are running scared from FTR. I just just had to get that out there to let you know this whole battle royal is invalid. There's no n- no one number one contender. They're invalid. Jericho, MJF, they won something that not only did they not deserve, that shouldn't even happen. FTR. Yeah, you gonna But 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 think about it though, if it wasn't for FTR being suspended for from competition for a week and forfeiting this uh their place, you wouldn't have gotten John Silver in the match. FTR. I mean, come on, it's FTR. It's, but it's John Silver. It's FTR. <laughs> 
It is the best tag team walking God's green earth. And they were sitting on the sidelines watching a bunch of inferior tag teams compete over a fake number one spot. Because they only can get the number one spot for real is if they beat FTR. Now, if FTR was in the battle roll and then they got eliminated, I would understand. It wouldn't have happened because they're FTR. But I would understand. So we get this makeshift tag team of Chris Jericho and MJF going on the revolution in FTR spot. So now the jungle man, the jungle man and his uh pet lizard gotta pay. <laughs> Alright, so uh but the battle royal was dope. I mean top flight and all those like the spots we saw. And uh my favorite one was when because you know, private parties heels now. When they reverse the silly string. Oh, oh, yeah. You're not supposed to do that. I'd never seen it. I didn't even know it could happen. And then, and then they got eliminated. It, it, was, it was a fun one. I honestly could not think of any particular spots, but that was pretty cool. And Jericho eliminating Sammy Guevara is pretty cool. And I love MJF. He's such an old school heel. How there'll be a battle roll with 20 people fighting, and he'll be sitting over in the corner just not doing anything. I love it. You can't get eliminated if you're not in action. It's just it's simple. It's genius. And yeah. And anytime Wardlow's out there, that big hunk of man, that's a good day. Yeah, I would agree with that. But after this uh, opening matchup, we had TNT champion Darby Allen and Sting come out. Tony Schiavone in the ring to interview both of them. And as they were beginning to start the interview team taz quickly interrupted talking about how they were being punished for their actions as well so it's like two teams got uh punished team taz and ftr because they couldn't even get in the building um but taz did say they will be watching darby next week when he defends the tnt championship against joey janella and they're saying ricky stark said be uh good luck because you're definitely going to need it and Sting comes up like, okay, listen, um, you're going to try to get involved again? I will make sure once again it's one-on-one. And, Ricky, you say you look in the eyes of, of me and you don't see the icon anymore? You might want to take a closer look. And good little spot right there. And it's a short promo, nothing really too crazy said, um, just showing that like Sting will be there to make sure no one gets involved with Darby's title match against Joey Janela. Um, I mean, not a ton to say with this moment, obviously. I mean, there wasn't like a oh damn line from Sting or anything like that. But I mean it, I mean it just shows that he's going to be there next week for the match. Yeah, uh the bigger news out of this was the Joey Janela Darby Allen match for next week. Like, you wanna talk about the greatest fail ups ever? Uh Joey Janela, a person who I thought would be bigger in AEW than they are now, and that I don't personally get. I don't dislike Joey Tanella at all. I love what he does for independent wrestling and GCW and all that stuff. I throw that out there because sometimes people might think I don't like him. Have no problem mm-hmm. with Joey Tanella. I thought AEW would do more, and but he doesn't do anything for me. That's my big thing. So I'm like, well, I know, I know Cody did the open challenge, but. It was called an open challenge. So the fact that no one was contended or whatever, 
uh, no one uh, was like the number one contender or whatever makes sense because he was doing an open challenge. This, which is technically supposed to be going back to the traditional ranking systems, man, if they did a top 20, Joey Janela wouldn't be in there. Every time mm-hmm. he's on Dynamite, he loses. So I'm like, how did he get this title shot? And then I found I would out. say I would yeah. say more so just because of the I feel like the history with these two guys. Yeah. I think is why they one went with the match, but also at the same time, I think the excuse they could probably fall back on would be that like I mean, Darby literally wants Yeah. Like so, wants so. wants wants uh Joey Janela to get back to that place he was like last year where he was main eventing uh pay per views with John Moxley. And like he's like, I want Joey to get his fucking shit together. And I'm going to give him this shot because I want to see him do better. And I want to see like Joey like actually fucking get the best kind of match out of him. He's not going to win, but he's going to try to get a good match out of Joey and get a good showing out of him. And, and that's exactly what Janella ended up saying on Twitter. Because like, he has to defend himself a lot, more than I would like. Because, I, th- I mean, I think he... He's done a lot for wrestling, you know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. So well, fucking Spring Break shows that anyway. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's his. Yeah, it's his show, and that's. Why I was like, I think he's done a lot for wrestling, even though I might not be a fan. So, but he finds his. He, he does find himself defending himself quite a bit on social media. So I, I just was like, then he basically said, you know, Darby asked for the match, and I'm just like, oh, that's. I mean, that's a great way to do it. So it is. Yeah, great way to do it. I have no problem with it, but it was just it was just weird that it just like, dude, if you you want to talk about wins and losses matter. Well, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Well brother <laughs> wins and losses matter. Uh he wouldn't get a shot ever because he does not win very often. Especially on Dynamite. Now he does he's a dark superstar, but yeah. Know, he does not win on Dynamite a lot. So. That's that is one hundred percent true. But again, the reasoning makes sense. And again, I think they're going to do well. Um, but going into the next match that we had for the first time ever, Thunder Rosa versus Doctor Britt Baker DMD. I really enjoyed this match. I wouldn't say that it was on par with uh, the Serena Deeb match from a couple weeks ago. Um, I would say that this was still really strong. I love the consistent work of Rip Baker to try to get that lockjaw, and then the quick little interference that happened thanks to uh, thanks to Re- uh, Reba. And I would say I did like how they uh, like this is a genuine like strong win for Britt Baker because like. It's still been a little bit of a like a kind of like trying to kick things back into gear with uh, Britt Baker getting back into in ring action coming off of her injury. She's been on fire when it comes to promos and segments and all that stuff and her talk show now, and like it's just been like we needed to get to the point where she really defeated somebody legitimate and got a good win under her belt to make sure to solidify herself as somebody to be taken seriously, and because. People hadn't seen her in the ring in forever. Um, And this was the right decision. I genuinely believe this was the right decision. She gets a good little sneaky victory thanks to uh, Reba. And I think that was a great win uh, for Britt. And again, she's one of the best girls they have on the roster for the women's division. And I like Thunder Rosa, like she's been dominant 
on AEW. So, I mean, like, I don't think one loss is going to ruin her character at all. And I think, yeah, I had no real issues with this. I don't think it was anything, like, crazy outstanding, but it was really good still. I would say when comparing it to what other matches I've seen, that match was amazing. Like, yeah. it kept my attention, uh, which is good. It went through a commercial break, and it, I was still caught my attention because of the well-built-up storyline of it. It felt like even though no title was on the hand, like a lot was at stake. Uh, so, yeah, and then the end uh, with them pulling the turnbuckle and her winning, Thunder Rosa still looked strong. She never tapped or anything. She was out cold. Uh, so it was just like, it was the perfect way. Like if you're trying to keep another company's wrestlers strong, there's no better way to tell a story than what just happened. No, literally. I mean, like I said, like I, I'd like my issue is that I think I went into the match and compared it to, uh, the match with, uh, with Serena Deeb. Um, but like that's just what my my mind went with. I was like, because that that women's match back then was like a couple weeks ago was so good um, that I just went ahead and cared. Like, but yeah, comparing it to some other matches um, that Dynamite will have occasionally, especially women's matches, this was really strong. And I think it was the right decision to give this win to uh, to uh, Britt Baker, and I 100 percent behind it. Um, but going in. Britt's oh, really, I was like, Britt's really hot right now as far as... Oh, yeah! Her, like her I said, work. this really helped, this her, helped solidify it all, I feel like. Yeah, her work, her character work, every looking forward to everything, she's really hot right now, so I am. De- I was definitely behind uh, her getting the win. There's there's a good amount of decent, there's like a, uh, a decent amount of really good stars, I feel like, that the women's division is starting to develop. Again, like, I'm, I'm glad that we have, like, like if now that Brit's starting to get back into form, like it's it's gonna do nothing but help the women's division, like getting her back into where she was. Yeah, and then they got something else that's coming up that's gonna help the women's division. Hell yeah! Well. So I am, um, like I said, I, I when I, this storyline put them on the right track to me. Totally. Yes. Going into the next match, we had Matt Hardy and uh, his new. Uh, hopefully acquisition in uh, Hangman Adam Page, who begrudgingly was okay with this, versus Chaos Project, Luther and Serpentico. And look, this whole match was shown to get uh, Matt Hardy trying to get Hangman Adam Page on his side. Hangman would... uh, The finish would come with Hangman Adam Page dropping Serpentico with the buckshot lariat, but then Matt Hardy quickly tagging himself in and getting the pinfall to get the win for the team. Hangman was not okay with that and was very miffed at by it, even though Matt Hardy was coming up to him trying to get a high five and it was not working out. And it seems like he's still not 100% sold on the idea of working with Matt Hardy. I'm loving Matt Hardy's, like, this whole Matt Hardy. I think, like, comparing it, it's, like, it's so weird to, like, because Matt Hardy's personas are, like, very sparse. But specifically to compare these two, like these two gimmicks between Broken Matt Hardy and this Matt Hardy is so, like, like like different. It's like ridiculous. But I feel like as much as people loved Broken Matt Hardy during the Inception, during like what he was doing in Impact, and even like some of the small stuff they had when he was in a when he was in WWE and the small AEW stuff, I think this is like Matt Hardy that people are like, this is the one we want. 
Yeah, they hate him. Yeah, and it, it's great. They hate. Yeah, him so, they love it's to hate him. Heel. Yeah, it's it's such he's such a great heel. He's doing uh, great heel work, uh, and Private Party just following behind him. It's it's amazing. I just I love what they're doing, and it's just you know it's not talked about a lot in wrestling, but the acting is uh you know maybe it's from the time at WWE or whatever, but he it just seems like he buys into what he's doing. He's not just doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it and it seems like they're having a good time. Absolutely. You know I mean? Yeah, which is great. And like he gets to play this basically caricature of. Pretty much every wrestling promoter ever. <laughs> so uh, I was gonna say, yeah. yeah so it, that's kind of cool too for him. Yeah. Again, match wasn't anything too crazy. It was all about the the spots with Hardy and uh, Hangman and their interactions. But I'm still loving anything Matt Hardy does with this new with this persona, and I, it's always entertaining. Absolutely. Going into, oh, go ahead. I was saying absolutely. I was just screaming. Yeah. Um, going into the next little segment was Jericho and MJF bringing a cooler of a little bit of the bubbly. I haven't actually seen that on Dynamite in a while, so it was good to see that they still had cases of it. Um, brought it backstage to celebrate with the Inner Circle, Sammy, and it seemed like the entire Inner Circle was just kind of a little bit, like, down. Um, but Sammy especially was like, he questioned Jericho, like, are you really sure, like, if you guys win, we all win? Because I don't think we're really all in this and uh, Sammy walked out. Jericho left to go check up on Sammy. And then Jer- And while they're gone, MJF's like, hey, guys, we need to have a talk. And, um, oh, Wardlow, get camera guy out of here. And he, the seeds are starting to blossom as MJF just, just, just gets Sammy fucking kicked out. And, like, the, the dissension is becoming stronger and stronger. And... The moment that Sammy separates himself from the inner circle is going to be one of my ma- favorite moments, honestly. Like how like people were so excited for when um, MJF finally turned on Cody. I have like the the level of excitement with that when MJF um, gets the inner circle to like disown Sammy pretty much because like I when Sammy goes, I think when Sammy goes babyface and when he goes against the inner circle and all that, I think like it's got such huge potential to make Sammy a mega star in AEW. Like I like truly believe that and I would be nothing but happy uh seeing that seeing uh him transpire that way. Like I'm so for it. Absolutely. I completely agree with it. I think his move set, his look, everything about him leads him to being a heel. I think he well, I mean being a face, I think he'll be one of the most natural faces uh when it comes to it because of everything he can do. And, you know, Jericho has been putting everybody over for a long time. And it's just like, you you wonder when Sammy's turn was. And it looks like Sammy's about to get his turn. Damn straight. Now, the wedding of Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian. Um, as we all know, in the history of professional wrestling, wedding segments are an interesting bunch. Because, I mean, like... I feel like you could probably name the amount of good wedding segments on one hand. And that would probably be my guess. But um, we'll go through it real quick. Obviously, we had Best Man Miro, Mr. Charles, uh, uh, Chuck Taylor, Butler being there. James Mitchell officiated the ceremony. 
Vicky Guerrero uh, was uh, walking Kip to the ring. Jerry Lynn walked P- Penelope Ford to the ring. And they said their vows. Chuck Taylor handed the rings to Miro. Back went on to Kip and Penelope. Uh, the one really po- point, good point was when they were about to do the if anyone objects, uh, Miro was like, look, I've done this before. We're just going to skip that question outright. That was good. I like that. Um, they, they are husband and wife. Miro then tells them to get tells uh, Charles to get the champagne and talks. Um, there was a really weird moment where um, Miro sp- tries to go on and be like, "What is love actually?" and like just like have like a little like uh, best man uh, speech, which then got hijacked into the crowd singing, uh, "What is love, baby? Don't hurt me! Don't don't hurt me!" Um, and Miro just kind of went along with it for a little bit before shutting it down and. Then, because this was they, his wedding. Yes, this was his wedding, and no one else's. He then notices a present in the corner, very big, and it's been bugging him. Charles mentions that it's his present for the for the bride and the groom, and he's like, "Oh, that's nice of you." And then he Miro immediately jumps the present, Charlie's breaking the shit out of it, suspecting somebody's in it, and no one's in there. Uh, notice the commentators were not really clear as to why Miro jumped it. I, I, it seemed kind of obvious. I was like, kind of confused as to why y'all were like, Miro's trying to jump that, and making sure there's nobody trying to ruin the wedding or anything like that. I thought that was an obvious spot. Regardless, um, eventually, while Miro was singing and doing that whole thing, uh, he then realized that he was shackled. To the bottom rope. No one actually. I didn't even like the cameraman didn't even show who cuffed him. He just got cuffed at some point. I don't even know when that happened, but eventually Miro's got his foot handcuffed to the ring post, and then Miro then proceeds to uh, well, like Kip Sabian gets pushed by Charles, and then Penelope Ford gets cake in her face, and then they start beating up Chuck Taylor. Orange Cassidy pops out of the cake, which was also so fucking funny to see his disinterested face coming out of that cake. And then he plants Kip Sabian, and Miro's hand ca- handcuff can't do anything. Weird segment. Weird segment. Um, there were some funny moments in it, but um, if I have to say uh, my overall thoughts on this segment, I am pretty much indifferent. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It happened. I can't really say anything else about it, honestly. Okay, I can say this. Let me. I can add this. I didn't like it at the beginning. I felt like it kind of killed the momentum uh, of the show uh, for me. I thought the show had good momentum going to this. But then I talked to someone that uh, would be referred to as a casual fan, but they actually watch Dynamite every week, and they said they really loved it. So I said, this is just, I went with, this is part of the buffet of professional wrestling. Yeah. Some things are for me, some things aren't. This is this was the green beans of professional wrestling to me cuz I don't eat I don't like to eat green beans. So I didn't like this. So therefore, I, I if you liked it, great. I am not saying anything. I think I've just seen too many wedding segments at this point. I was going to say again, like you could probably count the amount of good wedding segments on one hand in professional wrestling. And again, like I didn't I didn't even outright hate this. I do agree like as the segment went on, it got funnier. 
like I said, when for no reason whatsoever people were singing "What Is Love, Baby, Don't Hurt Me," that was I epic, was like, and I wish I was I, there. I found that to be funny just because I wasn't expecting it. Um, and again, Miro saying like, "We're just gonna skip the the objections. We're just gonna skip that outright. I've done this before. We're not doing this." And then of course, Orange Cassidy just slowly appearing out of the cake, just being like with his fucking face, was really funny. Um, I, if someone really enjoyed this segment, uh, all power to you. Honestly, I'm all yeah, for it. I don't want. I don't ever want to be the reason someone goes back and says, "Wait, well, oh, maybe I shouldn't have liked that." No, like what you like. <laughs> I just didn't. <laughs> Again, like I was. I, it's it's one of those things. It's like it's it's AEW has all these wacky, weird segments occasionally. Like people with the Le Dinner Debonair. I fucking love that segment so much. But I I know friends who despised it and it's like it's 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 a different thing of like stuff like that but again like even though i love that segment specifically i found this segment to be kind of a meh on my part but like again it's like it's i love i do like the variety in it it's one of the things i've always complimented AEW on the most is the variety and like but this one wasn't i wouldn't even call it a miss it's just like kind of something i just i watched it and I had really nothing much else to say about it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what could have happened in that segment to make me like it. I just thought the middle with the reading vows and all that stuff. Personally, I felt it dragged. I mean, yeah. I wanted. I wanted it. I I wanted to like it. I always want to like it. I never watch wrestling with the intention of not to like it. So uh, I wanted to like it. Just didn't. It didn't click with me and. If it did click with you, great. Because I want as many people watching AEW as possible. Yeah, absolutely. We then got, uh, uh, once again, the confirmation. It's going to be Shaq and Jade Cargill versus uh, Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet in tag competition. I was going to say, boo. On March 3rd on Dynamite. So I will say, the one thing I will really say, good on them for not putting this on Revolution, I think. They couldn't put it on Revolution. Yeah. Because Shaq covers the NBA All-Star game, which is that Sunday. Yeah, which, I mean, like, they probably would have put it on Revolution. Yeah, they, they would have definitely put it on Revolution if they could. So, honestly, Shaq, thanks for being booked. <laughs> the fact that this is just on Dynamite, I'm fine with that. Think, it, it, it's going to spike a number. I think this will be, at least that segment, will be the most watched Dynamite segment of all time. Totally, totally. Um, also... Fucking elevator Ernie, Ernie Johnson. Uh, I love Ernie. And while fucking Shaq was doing his promo on Inside the NBA about Jade, about the match, and was going to show his uh, his his finishing move where he was, like, showcasing it on the plexiglass, Ernie was just like, that's enough. We get it. Like, I just loved how Ernie was just like, fucking Shaq, chill out. I just thought, like, and he, he was genuinely annoyed that he was doing it, too. I could tell. Um... So like I just love so apparently apparently his finisher is the Judas effect so that's good I was gonna say it literally like you're doing the Judas effect okay I mean I guess so I mean somebody seven foot three hundred pounds doing the Judas effect would definitely have more <laughs> more uh l- more bite on it than anything that you might have seen I wouldn't want to take the Judas effect from him that's all no. I got to say yeah yeah I wouldn't either um but yeah. I mean, that's the match. I mean, we, we knew it was coming, and we'll see how it does on Dynamite. 
we can't really say anything else. I think we've I, already. I, I, I wonder what NXT is going to try to bring to it. I, I really I, do. Because I would say, yeah, that would be interesting. Or, 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 or are you just going to say, oh, okay, we lost this one? Are is you, McAfee yeah, coming back? Maybe, because they said during the spring for McAfee, but that's what I was like. I wonder if they just call it like they put on just like kind of a regular show because they know, you know, Shaq. Because you don't, I mean, you don't have Shaq in your pocket. I mean, maybe Bad Bunny shows up on the NXT. I don't know. Possibly. I mean, and, maybe they bring back Edge. Yeah. Well, Edge, Edge did nothing for the ratings. No, yeah, I guess not. But So uh, for the people listening to this, know that I can be mean sometimes. So when I saw the ratings... Seen that before. I, I've seen the ratings come out, right? So I started sending out because I didn't want to post it on Twitter because I actually am a fan of Edge. You know, I've met him and he's a really cool dude. But I put... So I put to my friends, on this day, I see clearly Edge is not a draw. <laughs> So you say, uh, I find that funny. Uh, first of all, I will say, first of all, that you've met Edge and I've met Christian. So yes. we like, like uh, that's uh, that's it. I find that interesting. Second of all, oof, that's yeah. just a state. That's just one hell of a statement. Yeah, uh, no, it was just funny because I'm just saying. Let me say this: forty-seven or whatever year old Edge is in the draw because his raw ratings. Literally, like, the lowest percentage of spike from a Royal Rumble ever. Right? Mm-hmm. And then, literally, NXT went backwards. Ah. I don't know. I mean, that, I mean. Now, 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 if I get to go, that's just numbers. Now, if I get to go to WrestleMania, and I get to go there, and I finally get to hear Edge's music at WrestleMania, because I have been to... Nine WrestleManias, eight WrestleManias, and I've never seen Edge because the 19 and 20 that I went to, he was out with an injury, and then the rest, he was retired. So the fact that I get to see the Edge main event at WrestleMania, it's, I'm pretty excited about. But my bigger point to my friend, who I wasn't trying to be mean when I said this, is that I think Edge is wrestling famous. Not crossover famous. No, yeah, it's I, I genuinely believe that too. Like, despite him mm. being like um, a legend and stuff yeah. like that, and a hall of famer, um, I don't think like he has that like power of like crossing over. So U2's one of their bandmates is called Edge, right? The Edge, or is that another band? I, I think that's a that's a different band. So no, well, and uh, let me make sure. Uh, I think he's I think the Edge is part of U2, right? Uh, I'm I'm going to make sure because as a music guy, I should I should know this. I, honestly, if it was anybody else on this call, yes, that's right. Yes, that's, sorry. Yeah, he's he's it's because yeah, it's 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 a it's a nickname. Yeah, yeah. he's known as the Edge. Yeah, that's yeah. he's part of you too. Yeah, yeah. Well, if there was anybody else, like let's just say I was still doing the show with Amy, I would have never brought it up. But you're the music guy, so I figured you would know. Uh, So the issue is that he's in another group called Passengers, and I was just getting confused. So that being said, I said when you bring up Edge to a civilian, that is a person that is not, you know, engaged in the wrestling arts, they're gonna think you're talking about him, not the wrestler. Yeah. It's yeah, just, it's just that's what I'm saying. It's like when you talk about Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, The Rock, Stone Cold, even Mankind, 
You know, Mick Foley. I think he's crossed over enough to where regular people will know who, yeah. you know who he is. I don't think people know who Edge Adam Copeland is. They'd be like, if they saw his face, they might say the guy from Vikings. Oh, yeah, he was in Vikings. Yeah, like for a long time. He was on this show like five or six seasons, I guess. I don't know how long the show that went on, but he was on it for a while. So they might say the guy from Vikings, but I don't think he is the guy that a person that hasn't watched wrestling in three years is going to come back to see. Yeah, but again, like I feel like that's why that that choice of having Edge win, to me, didn't feel like you know, like an older wrestler, like coming to the Royal Rumble and taking the spot from a younger guy because Edge is still at that point where like the fans like him and he's not like, like just brought in there for star power or anything like that. People will actually like Legend Edge and like the fact that he's wrestling again and he hasn't wrestled in years because of injury, but now he's able to again. So that's why I felt like this choice was different than say if like Goldberg won the Royal Rumble or something like that. Well, and, and you are correct. I, and, you know, you are correct because people don't hate it and we enjoy Edge. But like I said, I think he's wrestling famous. So I yes. think he's the oh, yeah. point where wrestlers, wrestling fans will talk to other wrestling fans about Edge. But people outside of wrestling won't care that Edge is coming back. Yeah, and that's that's just the that's the issue. It's like it's why so many few wrestlers have crossed over like that. So I mean, it, it makes sense. But. Yeah, that's why it was funny when we got in an argument. Someone, you know, Voices of Wrestling posted that WWE doesn't make stars, and I had to tell a couple people that we're arguing two different things because what I consider a star is The Rock, Stone Cold, John Cena. Those are stars. Now. Do they push people? Do they make people that can main event shows? Yes. But do I think Booker T was a star? No. <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't. He was a great wrestler. He was an amazing wrestler. And he is wrestling famous. But most people outside of wrestling don't know who he is. No, people now know who he is because Bad Bunny made a song no, about him. Booker T, which I would, you know what? I should look up the translated lyrics. I would love to know what that song is about or if he actually says Booker T at some I, he point. He does say Booker T's name in there, yes. Yeah, I was like I I'm like I'm watching the video I'm watching the show and I'm like I understand why they're doing this, but as an English speaking wrestling watcher, this is horrible. Cause I personally me this is a Floyd thing, do not like things I can't understand. It so irks the- me. The English lyrics go in the chorus, because I'm at my peak, I'm a king champion Booker T. Ah, okay. Because I know I know he's a, ba- a big fan, and I, I love that about him, because he did the Triple H spit thing on the side of an NBA. Uh, he was on the sidelines of an NBA game. He did he the Triple H. Yeah. yeah, and I thought that was cool as hell. I still didn't, still didn't make me know who he is, but I'm old. So I always say, Bad Bunny isn't for me. He, I mean, I'm not his target audience. <laughs> like he doesn't say, "Hey, 40 year old black guy in Oklahoma doesn't know who I am." He just shrugs mm-hmm. his shoulder because I'm not who he's trying to get. You know, so that's why I like. That's why I didn't feel bad when the people were doing like the the bad bunny who thing, and I'm like, yeah, I mean. I don't know who he is. I mean, I couldn't pick him out of the lineup except if it wasn't for the Corona commercial where Snoop is like, Bunny? 
Yeah, he's very excited to talk to Bad Bunny. Off topic, and this will be the last thing I say before we get into the next segment. Uh, Ryan Statton, can you can you stop? Uh, people who saying who about Bad Bunny are just out, uh, outing themselves as not being up with pop culture. I knew who Bad Bunny was before he showed up on uh, WWE or before he did the song about Booker T. It doesn't mean I want him on my wrestling show. Exactly, and I think it's th- that simple. Yeah, just because your wrestling fans don't know who this guy is. Is not like a oh you don't know pop culture. No, it means first of all they don't want him on the wrestling show. Second of all, why are you expecting wrestling fans to know who a reggaeton artist is or a Latin artist is? Because most likely they don't they don't listen to that kind of music. There's not a ton of overlap. Yeah. Ryan's like, like I'm I'm not gonna get too much into it. Ryan Staten is what I would fear to be if I ever worked for WWE as a, a commentator or an announcer. Just this utter shell, like just no soul in whatever he's saying, and you just feel like there's a hand up his ass the entire time. I will like just, I will be clear. If WWE would pay me to just say good things about them, I would be the exact same way. <laughs> understandable, yeah. But again, like it's just. But when you're when you're trying to take shots like that or whatever, it's just oh no, it's it, I I thought I was like that's. Promote all you want, but like when you're gonna be like, you don't know who Bad Bunny is, you incultured, you non-cultured fuck. It's like stop. It says more about it says more about you than it does about the WWE. And I'm like, oh no, it doesn't. The wrestling fans aren't gonna know who this guy is because they don't listen to that kind of music. They do not. I do not. No overlap. I do not, and I'm I'm like I'm not gonna be like a guy. The guy pretending to. I'm like, yeah, I don't. I'm probably one of the few people who knew who he was before he showed up on Raw or before he showed up uh, singing about Booker T. But again, I didn't want him on Raw. I didn't want him. I'm fine with him being at the Royal Rumble, but the fact that they're continuing with it, you've overstayed your welcome already. Yeah, I, but to make it clear, just so people will understand it's even, I didn't want Snoop Dogg jumping off the top rope either. We didn't. We we didn't necessarily want Shaq to wrestle with AEW. I, I not necessarily. Flat out, don't want to see it. <laughs> I don't. I like. We're happy for the publicity and all that kind of stuff, yeah. especially for like the way that Shaq's doing it on inside the NBA. Yes. that's huge. As as but my it friend, doesn't mean we're excited for the match. As my friend Rich hit me up when he heard it, he was excited when he found out that they got this shit the fuck off of Revolution because the next time I'm in Jacksonville, it will be for Revolution. And you know what I didn't want to see when I got there? Shaq wrestling. I mean, it's like I said. Anyone. <laughs> I just don't, like, <laughs> like I said, it's like if this match turns out to be not a disaster, that is the, that is the, like, peak of it. Just not being a disaster. Yeah. You got oh. two fairly inexperienced women, a guy that has literally never done this, and one of the best wrestlers in the world. Don't think that's a recipe for a successful match. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm doubting the power of Cody. And, but I will tell you, if he pulls this off, y'all won't, you won't, you probably just don't want to listen to the next show. Because I'm talking so much Cody-based shit that... <laughs> You will not be able to digest it. I'm just saying. It will be just me hanging off Cody Rhodes' balls for an hour and a half. <laughs> just letting you know that's what to expect if he pulls this off. Which, even as a big-ass Cody shield, I don't think he can. 
<laughs> we'll see what happens. All right, March 3rd is like, it's going to be kind of like the Super Bowl because I, two days before, I'm going to start getting nervous. Like, dude. Because <laughs> I, I, I like, dude, I, I defend Cody so much to so many people. Like, oh my God, if he goes in there and throws a stinker. I will uh, never. Well, first of all, you're not going to hear the end of it. Never hear the end of it. I will never hear the end of it. <laughs> I, I, I will just have to quit listening to a podcast for the next two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> just go off, get off Twitter for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like never. So yeah, I, I'm not. I like, dude. Why couldn't you just wrestle Sean Spears again? Did I want to see that match? No, but I wanted to see it about a hundred times more than I want to see him wrestle Jack. There you go. Yeah. But getting off of this little off-topic thing, and we've been going for a bit, I want to make sure we get through the show. Uh, we had the Lumberjack match between Lance Archer, the Murderhawk Monster, and Mad King Eddie Kingston. Um, another type of match I've never been a massive fan of is uh, Lumberjack matches. Not a massive fan of them, um, but I love the feud of Lance Archer and Eddie Kingston just because they beat the shit out of each other. And Lance... Um, got the win on this one uh uh after a ton of interference um even bear country got involved in the match which was a team that i did not expect to see to get a little bit of a moment but i mean hey they got one good on them so many tag teams in AEW. yeah there's a fucking mad love but like to the point where i was like oh yeah fucking bear oh bear country's here okay i mean yeah they got they got a little moment on dynamite i'm just like their fucking roster is huge on there, I swear to God. But either way, um, Eddie Kingston uh, tried to go to the top rope. Lance Archer grabbed him, hit the blackout, got the win. Um, big win for Lance Archer for sure. Um, this is fine. I think this was fine. Uh, I didn't have a ton to really go uh, off of, honestly. Um, I did love JR's line. If they did this on the street, they'd be in jail. I loved that call. I thought that was really good. But, um, yeah, I didn't have too much to say on this match. It was just kind of, uh, it was, I think it was decent. It was solid. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I've enjoyed this feud genuinely. I thought this feud has been a lot of fun to watch. But, you, Floyd, go ahead. Yeah, there's nothing better than two badasses trying, just beating the shit out of each other. And that's what this feud has been. Eddie doesn't run. <laughs> you know, Lance doesn't run. They are just two, like, F-150s just driving at each other playing a big game of chicken. And yeah, Bear Country, some big old boys. Another tag team added to this amazing tag team division. Lance Archer needed the win because of what they were doing with him later. So, yeah. that It, it ended up working out. Yep. And um, your boys uh, actually had something uh, to say about their suspension as they had a video sent in of Marco stunt handcuffed to a chair with his mouth taped shut and they just start going uh, we're not bad men but sometimes uh, they have to think about what bad men would do because uh, all they want is their shot at their tag t- time tag belts back and because of Jurassic Express preventing that um, they got suspended and uh, they are they're not playing nice so Floyd. Uh, explain the actions of your boys. Um, they did what was necessary to get their point across. And, you know, sometimes when you are uh, you're backed into a corner, 
you got two choices. You can either, you know, you know, ball up into a little ball and hope the person that's attacking you takes mercy on you, or you can fight your way out of that corner. And that's what FTR is doing. They say, hey, you're going to bully us, take us out of the Battle Royal. We're going to take your little mascot. It's funny, in a group with a jungle man and a dinosaur, the little one is the mascot, but he is the mascot. So, uh, yeah, we might have to scalp him. We're just going to have to do... We're going to see how much, you know, the jungle man and uh, the lizard actually like their little friend. And, yeah, Shatter Machine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah. But before we get into the main event real quick, obviously the announcement of the AEW Women's Championship Tournament was announced. And um, it's got so many women that they announced for this uh, for this title, for this uh, tournament. Um, I want to talk specifically about the one girl I felt like who had the most uh, like talk about this entire tag team division. I'm uh, not tag team division. Sorry, this tournament being announced. Um, oh my god, I'm blanking on her name. Maki, but, uh, I like Maki Ito. Is that yeah, Maki Ito? Yeah, yeah. Who just who just retweets the tournament announcement with "Hello, motherfuckers." Yeah. Um, and she's instantly a what? Who people want to win the whole thing? You know, it's the crazy part about this. You know, of course, I'm not up on Japanese Josie, so the fact no, that me, me not knowing who she is is not the crazy part. But the excitement of everybody else about her, she's who I want to win the damn tournament. Yeah, they, they got her over with one tweet. It was, like, completely dumbfounding to me that, like, her popping in there just like that one fucking kid meme with these, like, hello, motherfuckers. Like, that's literally what she did, and now all of a sudden people are like, I'm all for this right now. Like, her energy, just from that and how excited people are from that one tweet, she's instantly become a favorite. And I think this is going to be such a great shining on the women's division. Like, even outside of just her, like, everyone else being involved in the match, like, in the tournament and going for the championship and really trying to build a big number one contender out of this, like... This is perfect. This is exactly what we wanted. And for people complaining about how the women's division isn't strong enough, you better support the hell out of this tournament. Oh, my God. I, I, I was going to go off, but I went off on so many tangents. I'm going to keep this very short. So the uh, Japanese side of this tournament is Tokyo Joshi Pro. It's going to be shot in Tokyo and recorded. And then they're going to... Uh, Karashita uh, actually helped them with the production of this. And then it's going to be uh, shown on YouTube and Fight TV. And apparently some people got upset about this. So uh, this is uh, just to make people understand what they're upset about. They're upset about on a live TV program. They're not, they're not going to break in and show recorded Japanese Japanese wrestling matches. That's what you're upset about. I, I, I wanted to say it out loud so people really understand what <laughs> people are upset about. It's just like if the WWE showed recorded matches in the middle of their live show, people would go fucking nuts. 
<laughs> and yeah. say, why are you doing this? This is dumb. So they gave you two options, Fight TV or YouTube. They're going to be on both, right? Now I got a question. With the advent of the smartphone and internet on your phone, which, pe- which do more people have access to? TNT cable on Wednesday or free YouTube? Yeah. So I say to you, if you really want women's wrestling and they're not just, I think they call it virtue signaling or whatever the hell it is. I don't know all these words. So if I use the wrong word there, I'm sorry. Uh, Are you actually concerned or do you just want to bitch about something? Because if you're actually concerned, go to YouTube and fight TV and watch these matches. I will, and I'm not bitching about it. So put your views and your internet where your mouth is. That's all I have to say. There you go. Finally, main event time. Holy shit. John Moxley, Pac, Ray Phoenix teaming to face Kenny Omega and the Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions, the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson and Doc Ellis. Again, I've gone on before about how I'm not a mega... Uh, six-man or eight-man tag match fan, but God, there's too much talent in here not like not to enjoy this. This was a hell of a main event. Again, mostly overshadowed just by the appearance of Kenta and the whole aftermath of the match, um, but no disrespect on this match itself. This match was great, and Ray Phoenix uh, got hit with the magic killer to get the victory, which Seemed a little abrupt, but I mean, like, at the same time, I do think that that move should be taken seriously. Um, but I mean, like, it makes sense. Lance Archer came down and uh, beating up Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers, but then they started fighting again. And then when Moxley got up on his feet finally, that's when Kenta jumped him. Again, too many spots. Phoenix is still unbelievable. Him and Pac, like, I like, I love the death triangle inclusion on this match. Moxley is obviously amazing. I mean, Kenny and Doc, I got, it's too much. Like this match was just really, really freaking good. And again, the, the appearance of Kenta was massive. They fucking kicked the door wide open. And now that partnership is very much a thing. I, and I'm not the big guy, scary guy. I don't want, you know, I don't want wrestlers to hurt each other and all that. You know, I understand that you chose what they did for a living, but there's one spot where Ray Phoenix jumps over the ropes, lands on the guy, and then lands on the guardrail. Yeah, I was going to say, I, he, like, I thought he <laughs> broke his dick. Let me tell you, that seems to be something he's putting into his act. I want him to take it out immediately. Because <laughs> yes, I think you hurt yourself every time you do it. And the fact that you don't hurt yourself actually lends itself to more to how dope you are. But please, please, if you can hear this, stop doing that because, yeah, one time it's just not going to go the right way, and that would suck because it just seems like so many points of failure in that move, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so. Ah, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what's going to be done, but, yeah, I would, uh, if he quit doing that move, you know, I would not be mad. Yeah, I'm, I I get that. Yeah, but overall, like we like we said, the match was really really good. I and again, overshadowed by Kenta, but how the fuck could it not be? Yeah. But it's. I mean, I mean, it literally changed wrestling. I mean, it did. 
It, it's like it's not. I mean, I I say sometimes people say that and they they it overstates. It's an overstatement. You can't. No, 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 no. You can't understand how many dominoes you know fail on this. It's just hey, this is great. You're going to get to see things you don't get to see. And, you know, sometimes maybe when some of those WWE contracts, if they, you know, they say, you know what? No, if I go here, I can work here, here, here and here. Or if I can just work here, you know, that kind of thing. Maybe it's something people consider down the line and it even lends to more matchups. But I'm I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to relax and I'm going to wait. And then every Friday or Saturday, I'm going to talk about it with my friend Austin here. Damn straight. But that was AEW Beach Break. Um, again, kind of a weaker show, but was massively built up by the appearance of Kenta and um, some other really good matches. Um, and again, it's the fact that this whole thing is starting to move forward with New Japan and AEW is just the fucking best. But real quickly... We'll get into the preview for next week's Dynamites. We have uh, Darby Allin and J- Joey Janela that are going to be facing off for the TNT Championship. We get to see more Jericho and MJF teaming up, uh, facing off against the Acclaimed. Kenny Omega is going to be teaming with Kenta to face John Moxley and Lance Archer. Fucking hell. And then uh, Cody Rhodes... Or no, Dustin Rhodes is it? I, I'm sorry, you put Rhodes in the. Oh uh, uh, no, listing. it's it's Cody. It's Cody. Okay, uh, he's teaming with Lee Johnson, right? He is teaming with Lee Johnson, correct? Yes, versus Peter Avalon and I. I'm blanking on the last name. Caesar Bononi. Caesar Bononi. Okay, I was blanking on the last. I name. I wrote the notes. Sorry, I did. I I just kind of. I, okay. I I knew the I, people, I so I kind of. Yeah, I made, I made the mistake of not checking the matches yet. Yeah, because I was like, uh, I wrote it in my like, sh- like shorthand because I know who the people are. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's on me. But yeah, but obviously the TNT Championship match is going to be really exciting. We get to see Jericho and MJF build up wins up to their title match, and fucking Kenta and Kenny Omega teaming up uh, to face John Moxley and Lance Archer is going to be a belter. Thoughts on what Cody's doing in this match, uh, Floyd? Um, I'm just guessing it sets up an appearance for Shaq. Yeah, I was going to say that. I can't really think of anything else. And it has to be Shaq. It cannot be Jade Gargill. No, it can't be Jade. It's got to be Shaq. Final. It has to be Shaq making an appearance inside of Jacksonville. I, I know he's busy, but if you're going to really build this, you're going to need to show Shaq to show up where Cody works, and then you're going to need Cody to show up where Shaq works. He, yes. He's going to need to come up on an NBA inside, t- inside TV and sit there and talk to the guys about how he's going to beat up Shaq. I just think it will you know, add to the whole thing. If you're going to do it, go all the way in. Yes. WWE might have a lot of weaknesses, but they promote the shit out of stuff like this. And AEW has to match it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, overall, I think is going to do it for All Things Elite. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for this episode. Obviously, that was our preview. Um, thank you again so much for tuning in and listening. Um, be sure to download the show on Google or Apple Podcasts. Be sure to share it around with your friends, even if you, if you listen on Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Share it around. Leave a rating and review. Let us know what we can do better. And if you would like to, you can also leave a donation through Red Circle. We would be mega appreciative on that. On Twitter, 
We are at AT Elite Pod Twitter. Social Suplex are at Social Suplex. They make this whole show possible. Thank you again to them. Check out all their other shows on their network. You're going to enjoy all of them. I am at SZumer4 on Twitter. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And a day before Super Bowl Sunday, which will really, I think, determine Floyd's uh, fucking uh, emotions and his mood for the rest of the week. Uh, we'll see how the Kansas City Chiefs go. I, I've, I've got my, my, uh, my hopes on it, too, because I want to see my buddy Floyd happy. And I don't want Antonio Brown to have a ring. Floyd! Take us home leading into Super Bowl Sunday and take all the friends home listening to the show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Floyd, go ahead. Tomorrow's Super Bowl, go Chiefs. Whether it's homework or school, always do your best to be elite.